is the Big Church Podcast. You ever notice when you're getting ready to go on a date or you want to go out to eat with your significant other, what is the thing that you normally do? Where, where you want to go? You know, a dinner and a movie with my, my lovely wife won't do because after we have dinner, unless it's a chick flick like um, Safe Haven or one of those things, she's over there sawing logs and I paid like, it. eat? We went to Target and then we went home. And she went to bed. So do we need the he said, she said conference coming up next weekend? I would say probably so to put a little spice back in our lives, you know. But um, I'm going on. Here we go. But we all know that February is love month, right? That's what they call you see hearts and you saw the, uh, you see all the stuff up here. But the world spends billions of dollars, billions of dollars on, on flowers. They spend billions of dollars on jewelry. And you know, I, probably Derek spent more than $3.25 at the, at the little gumball machine to try to get that ring yeah. he better not have or he won't last long as a husband. <laughs> but we spend billions of dollars on meals and cards. And, but the title of my message today is Back to Your First Love. Back to Your First Love. Don't you remember the time when you were dating your wife or dating your girlfriend or dating that person. And, and you know, I remember my first girlfriend, she lived long distance away from me. She actually lived in another county over. And I can remember wanting to talk to her on the telephone. It was before cell phones, y'all. So I'm, I'm telling my age a little bit, way before that. And we had the phone that was connected to the wall. Y'all know what I'm talking about? With the cord that was 6,000 feet long. It was always tangled up. But I can remember trying to stretch that cord just as far as I could stretch into the other room just so I could talk to her in private without my dad saying this, son, do you know you're talking to her and it's long distance? My dad used to have a problem if the phone bill was more than about $32 a month. And I'd be like, dad, you know, it's only a couple dollars. He said, you could get in your car and you could drive and see her for less money than what you're talking on the phone. But you know, when dating comes up, you got the, the hearts in your eyes and, and the little flaws. You know, I know I'm flawless, but the little flaws go unnoticed and, and anticipation to see and to spend time with that person. It's all good in the neighborhood when you're dating. But what happens when love and marriage and relationships, what do they look like after a while? This is what they look like after a while. You're not allowed to wear cologne anymore because it gives me a headache. But when we were dating, guess what? She liked to be smelling my cologne a lot. But you know what? You also know that your breath stinks just a little bit more after you get into your relationship, right? Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You can put up with that stinky breath just a little bit. But once you, once you get into that, you're like, hey, you need a Tic Tac or something. I don't know what's going on with you. But... You know, they actually, when you get farther into this, the, the, they get a little more annoying. Does Doyle get a little more annoying as the years go on, Dana? Uh, and she said amen back there with her eyes. And, but, I mean, you get a little more annoying, and you get on each other's nerves a little bit. You talk less, and you date. You know, your dates become fewer and far between. I'm telling you, some of these younger folks, I want to let you know not to do what I've done and what we've done a lot of times in our generation, cultivate what God has given you with the marriage. Any relationship, if you don't cultivate it, it's going to lose its fire. But pat pillow talk is this. This is a definition of it. I love definitions. Here we go. It's a relaxed, intimate conversation 
associated with honesty. Don't read the Urban Dictionary one because that's not very good. Please don't. But this is the real one for us. This is the rated G version. I'm going to talk to you this morning about the most important relationship that you can have and how getting this relationship will affect every other relationship that we're going to be talking about this month. Marriage conference, you need to get a ticket, guys and girls. Y'all need to come to this. I think it's going to really help. But if we get this, if we get this one relationship down, it's going to take care of the rest of them. God loves to write love letters. And in Revelation, he wrote a love letter to the church. Are anybody in here good at writing love letters? No, I'm getting my hands down. Oh, I got, okay. Mostly females. Doll, you don't write no love letter. No. Uh, lying in churches next month. So, but, uh, you know, I'm not great at love letters. But when we get to the point where Jesus, in Revelation, he's writing a love letter to the church. And this is what this love letter says. It spells out his true feelings. And sometimes you write a letter to someone with a little correction in it because you love them. You write a, little, a love letter to someone because you really want them to know how you really feel. So let's look at Revelations 2, too. It says this. He's writing to the church of Ephesus. He said, I know your works your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them to be liars. And you have preserved and have patience, persevered, sorry, and have patience and have labored in my name's sake and have not become weary. Being positive always gets your attention, right? My lovely wife has taught me the positive sandwich. When you're about to go off on... No, I'm kidding. Well, no, I'm not, no, I'm not sometimes. But when you're mad at someone, it's always good to start out with that positive thing that you want to say to them because what happens is positivity always opens up the door for you to hear, right? If I start chewing you out... Uh, if I start chewing you out early, you know, all of a sudden, if you're like me, I shut down. I'm like, okay, I'm not listening to you anymore. But a positive always gets your attention. So here was God. He was checking things off of their list. God was seeing all the things that they were doing right. He said, hey, you have sound doctrine. You're teaching the truth. And that's what we do here at Big Church. They have high standards. You're going to stand against evil. You're not going to put up with anybody doing any wrong things. You're active in your service and in your works. Check mark. He's checking all these things off. And he said, you have tested and you have found out the people that are fake, that are phony, and you've kicked them out. You've got rid of them. So I am so happy that what you're doing. But a positive sandwich also opens the door for correction. We are guilty ourselves of just checking God off of our list. Come on. We're, 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 we check off uh, church Sunday. I read my Bible a little bit today, check mark. I gave my offering, check mark. And a lot of times what happened is we can focus more on the acts of service to the kingdom than we, act, than we focus on our acts of service to the king. A lot of times what we do is we check it off the list and we feel like we've done a good job, but yet we don't focus on the one that we're actually serving because we think we're serving the church, you're serving the pastors, because everything that you do, you do it unto the Lord. You don't do it unto big church. You don't do it unto someone sitting next to you. You do it to the king. You can do all of the right things, 
But you can fail to build a relationship with God. That's what he wants you to do. He's not worried about all the things you can do. He's worried about that intimate pillow talk that you and him can have. Number four, let's read this. Verse four, sorry. Nevertheless, that's always a good word, right? And I wrote but out there. I have this against you, that you have left your first love. They had been on fire like a child with a new toy at Christmas. Y'all know what I'm talking about? They open that thing up. Y'all remember your Christmas presents when they were actually, you didn't know what they were, and they were awesome, and they shot things, and come on. Some of this stuff they have now, you can shoot dart guns. I used to, I used to chase my sisters down, and I'd shoot them with dart guns. and That was all the fun stuff that you could have. But after a while... Um, after a while, they're captivated to it. They're giving their attention to it. And it's uh, 1st of February. Christmas has been a little over a month ago. But life happens. Hurt happens. And that toy gets broken and starts showing the defects. All of a sudden, it doesn't load the way that it used to load. It doesn't shine the way that it looks good. And what do we do? We put it in the basement or we put it in the closet and we try to forget that it's there. We try to, we, we, we just say, okay, it's not great anymore. It's not awesome anymore. It's not honest anymore. So let's just put it down here. Let's hide it over in the closet and hopefully maybe we might talk about it later. But today, let me tell you what he does. God wants to remind you that he has not forgotten about you. I'm telling you this morning, there's somebody needs to hear that God's not forgotten about you. You're sitting out there thinking in yourself that, man, nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody, nobody has any idea of what it is. And God is telling you right now this morning, he says, I see your broken pieces and I see your defects, but he doesn't see you the way that you see you. You guys got to understand that. We look in the mirror and we see what uh, the image we portray, but God doesn't look at us the way that we look at, it, look at ourselves. God sees you as a son. He sees you as a daughter. He sees you as a joint heir. He, come on, you all ought to be excited. When you look in the mirror, it's not what God sees. He sees you better than what you see yourself. A lot of times the image that we have in ourselves has been coming up from childhood. And God says, I want to take that image and I want to cut it down and I want to show you who you really are in 2020. You want to find yourself this year? This is your year to find out who you are. Have you ever lost anything? You know, she knows where I'm going with this. Have you ever said you lost anything and you ask somebody and they say, well, where'd you lose it? That's the country version. Where'd you lose it? And you want to look at them like, Duh, if I knew where I lost it, I would go back and I would pick it up. Come on. My wife, and I'm about to go on Amazon and see if they make a chain that you can hook onto AirPods. She has left her AirPods. She has lost her AirPods. She is losing her AirPods. And it's like every, and literally, I'm writing this part of the message yesterday, and she walks up the stairs and says, Have you seen my AirPods? And I went, yes, Holy Spirit, thank you so much. She loses those things all of the time. So I'm going to either get a beeper on it or I'm going to get her a chain and wrap it around her neck. I may tighten it a little bit. No, no, never mind. It says, he says, you have left. And let's look back at verse 4. He says, you have left your first love. It doesn't say he lost his first love. It doesn't say anything. Lost means unable to find. Yeah. 
In lost, did you lose it or did you leave it somewhere? Left means to leave behind or abandon, listen, or walk away from or drift away from. Sometimes when we talk about when Carolina started praying, I was like, here we go. My favorite story in the Bible is the prodigal son. It's my favorite story because it's my, it's my story. But the prodigal son decided he wanted his inheritance from his dad. And he says, I'm taking what you're going to give me and I'm leaving here. He left and he went off and he spent all of his money. But he left home and he went away from home, but he didn't lose home. Listen, I'm going somewhere with this. Home was still there, but he just left it for a little while. A lot of times in our Christian walk, God is still where you left him. He's where you left him. He, he, oh, help me, Lord. So many times we feel like it's, oh my gosh, I don't know, but sometimes we just got to retrace our steps. Have you ever lost something? The first thing you do is you go, well, okay. Uh, I went to the kitchen, Tom. You'll get uh, this three or four times. And, and, and I got to the kitchen and forgot what I went to the kitchen for. Anybody else do that? So I came back out here, I went back in there and still got sidetracked and didn't find out. But finally, I made my way into the kitchen to find it was because I knew that I had left something back there because I retraced my steps. And I think sometimes in our lives, we have to retrace and we have to go back and we have to remember how good God has been and we have to figure it out and just say, God, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And that's what the prodigal son does. He had a, he had a hard time finding home. This is going to hit someone's heart right now. He had a hard time finding home. Why? Because he'd gotten off track. So many times we can't go back and find what we're looking for is because we have got our lives way off track. And we feel like that we're blinded. And also we're blinded by the world. And the world puts up barriers and it puts up blockades to keep us from finding the way back to the true person that can actually have that talk with us and change everything. And he'd also forgotten how good the father was. Sometimes in verse five, he says, you got to remember, therefore, from where you've fallen and repent and do the first works or else I come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. We have fallen and we can't get up. Come on, there's times when we need the little beeper. We need the God beeper. I've fallen, God, and I can't get up and I need you. Uh, I better go on. Falling. Falling sometimes is fast, and sometimes falling is a slow fade. Sometimes falling is a process that you fell into. But sometimes we just fall straight head over heels into things. What can cause you to fall? Bad choices. Pride. Us guys, we're prideful. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm good. I got my mask on. I feel I'm all, I'm ready to go. But down deep inside, there is something that's missing in us. But we are too prideful to let God do what he needs to do. And sometimes we get into a relationship and we just get stale and we get stagnant. And sometimes you just got to know, where did I fall? Where did I go wrong? And again, what I said, sometimes you just got to retrace your steps to find out what you do. You got to go back to the beginning and rediscover how good the father is. That's what the prodigal son did. He was sitting in filth. He was sitting in mud, and, and, and he had everything. He was a little 
spoiled rich boy back home. He had everything, and he was sitting there going, wait a minute. I'm sitting here, and I'm cold, and I'm hungry, and I got, ugh. I'm sitting in this. At least if I go home to my father, I can have something to eat. I can have a warm place to sleep. So you know what he did? His aha moment was, the Bible says, the prodigal son, he came to himself. There are times when you need to come to yourself. There have been many times in my life where I had these moments of coming, I have to come back to God. I have to come back to the very first thing that I know. So what's love got to do with it? And I ain't singing it. Love prioritizes pursuing over performing. Love prioritizes pursuing over performing. The prodigal son went back to the father. He went back. He pursued the relationship that he had. He didn't know what he was going to get into when he got there. He didn't know how it was going to be, uh, how he was going to be handled or received. He just decided in himself that I'm going back to the thing that I know is safe. Love allows you to look in the mirror and not out the window all the time. Pastor Mindy did a great job with the mirror and the magnifying glass. Love allows you. To, God sometimes has to, in his love for you, he has to put the mirror up in front of your face. He has to show you, this is where you're going. This is not what I had planned for you. Pursue, to pursue means you do self-evaluation. He went back to the father and he said, Dad, I was wrong. That's so hard to do sometimes, isn't it? Dad, I hurt you. Dad, I haven't been the son or the daughter that you need me to be. God, can, can, you, just, can you please forgive me and just make me as a servant? But I love this part. He stopped the performance and he started the pursuit. A lot of times we want to perform for God. And God just saying, I want you just to follow me. I'm not looking at your performance. I'm not looking at what you can check off and what you can put in a box. I'm looking for you to pursue my heart. I'm looking for you to have some pillow talk, which is intimate, honest relationship, a conversation with me. I don't care how good you can sing. I don't care how good you can preach. I don't care how good you can do all of these things. I just want you next to me and talking to me. The son thought he was the only one pursuing but the father had been pursuing him all along. This is my picture of it. He was gone. I don't know how long he was gone, but he was gone a long time. The father was sitting on the porch, and he was waiting for him to come home. Every day, he sat on that porch, and he said, my son's coming home. Come on, this is a word for you for someone out there that got kids acting crazy. One day, your sons and your daughters are coming home. If you'll sit on the porch with anticipation, mm, he sat there every day, probably rocking and looking out across that field. And he said, one day my son's going to come walking. And I, and I can almost picture it in my mind that, that the, he looked at his servant one day and he said, hey, you see somebody coming up the road? You see? And the servant was like, I don't, oh yeah, there's, a, there's some kind of a figure coming over there. I wonder what that is. And it got closer, and it got closer, and it got closer, and the father's eyes were probably dimmed for, because of age, but the servant said, hey, 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 guess what? 
I think that's your son coming home. Can you imagine the pursuit? Can you imagine the heart? Can you imagine what went on in his mind? He said, my son is coming home. The father's response. He said to him, the son laid down and said, I'll be a servant. I'll be a slave. I'll start at the bottom. I'll do anything that you ask me to do if you'll just let me come home. But the father did this. He said, he said stop. You're my son. How many of us have someone in your life right now that you just need to forgive? They hurt you. They messed you over. They did a lot of bad things. But God is looking for that period of your life to be able to let that go because that's the only one that you keep in a cage is you when you have unforgiveness. He said, you're my son. And listen, you're still my heir, whether or not you made a mistake or not. And what I have around me is still yours. That's what God says to you when you feel like you've messed up, when you've went too far away and you don't feel like you have the answers. God says, no, come on back to me. The good news is, and I love God because of this, he allows U-turns. You can be going one way and God says, okay, all you got to do is you got to take a U-turn and head back in the direction towards me. Somebody is airdropping me, decline. (laughs) I don't know where that comes from. Okay, let's get back on track. This morning, we need to return to our first love. And what that looks like is that word repent. David messed up. And the Bible says David cried out to God. I'm about to read you some scriptures here in Psalm 51.10. But a little pillow talk with God made all the difference in David's life. The Bible says he cried Great tears, and he was in anguish over this. But in 51.10, he says this. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Can I tell you something right now? You are a child of God. God's not going to cast you away from his presence. You can take a trip and be far away from him, but he's not going to cast you away from his presence. Because you know why? You're his son and you're his daughter. He said, don't cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit. The story of the prodigal son and David shows this. It shows mercy is renewed. The Bible said each day, not just on Sunday, not just when God feels like it, Not when you feel like it, but mercy in his life is renewed each and every day. And grace covers you because you're not perfect. How many perfect people we got in this room? We got one. Nathan Tubills is perfect. He's 1-0 as a professional. (laughs) Boom, man, I like that. That That was really good. He took him down last night. Sorry, I get off track sometimes. But mercy is renewed. And you're never too far from God. Never. You might be feeling like you're a million miles away. Maybe God has forgotten about me. Or maybe there's just something happened in your life. I love that part in that song that says, He loves you. His love is too good to leave you there. He's too good. He loves you too much. He loved the prodigal son so much that he sat there and prayed for him. He believed for him. 
And I think that's what we've got to start doing for our lost loved ones. We've got to start praying for them and believing for them. This month, we're going to talk a lot about marriage. We're going to talk a lot about relationships. We're going to talk about making things stronger around us. But we have to remember that the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ and God is the most important relationship that we have. And if you get that one right, the rest of them will fall into place. You start seeking and pursuing after Jesus, your wife's going to like you a little more. We're going to, at the end of this month, we're going to have a, a little sit down up here. We're going to kind of talk, give you some, it's going to be interesting. So you got to be here for this whole month. But we're going to talk about our marriage. We're going to talk about how perfect it is. Not. But if you get this one relationship right, I tell you, say that again, it makes everything else better. If you would stand with me just a second. Let's look at verse 7 here real quick as we're standing. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to him to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. With, God, with love, God is saying here, I want to take you back to where you belong. I created you to be mine. I created you to be in a garden and it be paradise. I created you to walk with me in the cool of the day. I created you to have that pillow talk, that intimate, honest. I created you for that. And he says, we got off track somehow. Come on. We got off track somehow. That's all right. All of us have. And God says, I want to take you back to the intended place where we started from. But it says, you must have ears to hear. And sometimes it has to travel from here to here to make a difference. It can't just be words. It has to be a heart issue. Have you lost your love? It's not lost. It's where you left it. You haven't lost it. It's right where you left it. Have you ever experienced God's love? Maybe you feel a little lost this morning, even though... You've accepted Jesus as your Savior. If you have not accepted Him, greatest decision you'll ever make. You can start filling that void that you're feeling inside because Jesus is the void that you're feeling. But God, God is looking to speak your love language. His is all five of them. But He's looking to speak yours. So I'm asking you today... That a little intimate talk, and our prayer team will be up on the left and the right-hand side here. That a little talk, a little pillow talk with Jesus could change everything in your life this morning. And again, that may be something if you feel like you want to come down to the altar and you just you spend that time with him. You may not have to have someone pray over you. You may not have to have someone lay their hands on you. Jesus is looking for that intimate talk that only you and him can have. You don't got to have a conversation with 30 other people. You have that talk with him and he can change everything. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. 
If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church Podcast.